What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Pro and Bro Wrestling Podcast. We are your host. I'm Arnold Telegaarda. I'm missing no days off, Fred Rosser. And it's time for us to literally sit under the learning tree. Our past guests, we've had successful uh, YouTube stars. But this is a very special episode, sitting under the learning tree. This, uh, this OG, out of the 55 episodes that we've done, Arnold, this OG is uh, someone that has seen it all. He has done it all, and this episode is especially 420 friendly. His government name is Charles Wright, but to the world, uh, he is known uh, in, the in the entertainment world and in the wrestling world as the Godfather. Thank you for joining us on Pro and Bro Wrestling. I always say, don't die with the story and you tell it. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, man. A pleasure. Pleasure to be on your show. It'll be fun. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing with this whole, you know, craziness that is 2020 right now with the whole pandemic and everything? How are you holding up? You know what? Uh, for me and my, my you know, most of my my kids are grown now, but for me and my family at home here, it, um, it hasn't changed much for me because I'm basically retired. I work from out of the house. I work out at the you know, at home. Sometimes I go to the gym. Um, basically, I, I really don't hang around a bunch of people anyway. For me, it works out pretty well. Um, <laughs> I wear my mask. I try to stay my distance. Uh, I just started back in the gym, but I've never been. I'm the most friendly person in the world unless I'm in the gym. And when I'm in the gym, I'm like a different person, and it's weird. I, I don't want to talk. I'm not mean to anybody, but I just I kind of have the look like, yeah, you might not want to bother him. Godfather, how often do you do podcasts? Do you do, you do podcasts often or rare? Um, I get a lot of requests. I try to keep it to one or two a week because I'm really busy. Um, but I'm doing about two a week now. I've really wow. honestly only been active on Instagram, uh, maybe four months. I got verified like four months ago and I'm just having a lot of fun, man. I'm picking up follower, followers slowly and, yeah. uh, I'm just having fun. But if, if you're really... If you don't know the Godfather, know that I'm 420 friendly. Well, I'm definitely one of your followers. And it's really cool how on the description you said cannabis connoisseur. And it's really, that's, you got so lucky with the Godfather being able to take that. Because you would think like, you know, like every, that name has to been taken by now on Instagram. But you were able to get that. Um, I know a guy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> and the guy that I know was introduced to me by Rikishi. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about that family, they know somebody everywhere. So Rikishi turned me on to a really cool dude out here. Uh, he does Stacy Keebler stuff. He does some other people's stuff. I think he does some stuff for Alex Rodriguez. Just a cool dude. And he said, let me, he got me verified on Facebook mm -hmm. as the WWE Godfather, which I'm not really active on, but I'm trying to, to learn it. And then he goes, once he got me verified there, it was very easy for him to get me verified on Instagram. Yeah, I was surprised too. I'm also surprised Vince don't come after me. Well, you're in the Hall of Fame. I, th I think you're safe. The thing is, is uh, I'm not doing nothing that they don't know that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, not this like, well, I mean, come on. I, I, if you really look on my Instagram a couple of days ago, somebody posted, I'm the only WWF, WWE wrestler ever to have marijuana leaves on an official <laughs> licensed product. Mm. And if you go on my Instagram, you'll see it because people are posting it now. But it, it, 
I think uh, Road Dog had something about 420, give the dog a bone. And That's right. RVD had something about something else, but nobody had marijuana leaves on the t-shirt. And I just, could you imagine them doing that now? You know, Godfather, things are changing now. Yesterday I reached out to you, and literally when I reached out to you and connected with you, Mark Henry called me up and was like, hey, and we know how long-winded Mark Henry is. He called me up and said, hey, man, I was thinking about you. And uh, I seen on your Instagram that you were repping uh, Celsius, the energy drink, man. And I was just drinking that this morning, man. And I was thinking about you. I said, Mark, uh, you know, I didn't tell him that I was going to have you on as a guest. It's just so funny that I spoke to you guys yesterday. And like, like I said, times are changing, you know. I'm a big CBD THC advocate, you know. What was your experience like with, you know, being with Mark Henry on the road? Was he a traveling partner or? When, when, first... uh, when we first started traveling with the nation, Vince wanted me, Ron, D'Lo, and, and Dwayne to ride together because he wanted it, you know, he wanted us to show up together. And that's how we rode at first. Mark Henry wasn't part of that. And then one day, uh, <laughs> <laughs> The Rock came to me, a, a true story, man. Like, I don't know, it wouldn't be a true story, but he's like, hey, Godfather, man. Uh, he goes, I can't ride with you no more. And I'm like, well, why, why the hell can't you ride with me anymore? He goes, bro, everywhere I go, I smell like weed, and I don't even smoke weed. And everybody's always like, oh, you smoke weed? He goes, dude, he goes, I can't go anywhere because I'm always smelling like weed. He goes, I got to jump out of the car. I'm like, well, get your ass out because I ain't going to stop smoking weed. So... Yes, yes, um, yes. When Mark came in, Mark came in at the end. Uh, me and Ron, especially Ron, tried to help Mark because he was really green at the time. And so mm -hmm. we tried to help Mark as much as we could, and we did, and he was a quick learner. And uh, But he kind of traveled with uh, D'Lo and that thing. At that point, me, Ron, and John had kind of broken off with Teddy Long. And so Mark kind of traveled. Did we see each other in places? Yeah. Is he a good friend of mine? Yeah. Uh, am I smiling just because the fact that you talked to him? Yeah, because he's a good <laughs> dude. But that's how it is, man. And, and, and that's one thing different, I think, because I'm not part of the wrestling business today. But when I was part of the business, everybody was family. Now, you might not like this dude over here, but if a fight broke out in a bar, you had his back. And see, back then, there was no internet no playstations no cell phones so there was nobody taking pictures of you and all that stuff so it was a much closer group like i said you might not like everybody but you watched their back today it seems different it seems more business oriented it seems more how many followers you have uh, seems like a different different business to me <clears throat> Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Godfather. You gotta funny. stop me, man, because I'll start running my mouth. I won't stop. No, oh, we love no, it. This no. is your show, man. No, there's no format. There's no formula. We're just vibing together. But it's funny you talk about camaraderie. Uh, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose. He's a guy that, like, if I ever saw, like, him and I weren't close, but if I ever saw him uh, uh, in a street fight or something like that, I I'd go back to back with him and go tooth and nail with whoever was bothering him. I remember one time I gave him overseas an edible that put him on his ass. So that's the kind of relationship that we had. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we weren't buddy buddies, but if something went down, like we would fight for one another. And that's 
Bro, I mean, everybody, of course, I'm not in contact with The Rock, but D-Lo, D-Lo worked for me. I had a strip club out here for a while. I just sold a couple years ago. D-Lo worked there. I stay in touch with Rod. I stay in touch with Mark Henry. Uh, I don't stay in touch with Almeida Johnson, but I don't consider him one of the nation people anyway. Uh. <laughs> it's, it just shows you how Mark Henry called you, man. And, and you know, it, 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 that's that's old school. I don't know if that's the new guys, but see, that's old school. That's old school. I'll have Taker call me out of the blue and say, "No, excuse me, text me out of the blue." <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, we just—it's just old school. Just just thinking about you, man. You know, and I can talk to Taker for an hour, and we never at no point, unless we go back into the late 80s or something like that, talk about wrestling. You know, we talk about everything but wrestling. I love the background that you have, man. You know, it just goes to show how many characters you played in the whole pro wrestling business. And, of course, you had a Hall of Fame career. And, you know, Papa Shango is definitely one of the most one of the more important characters that you played. And I just learned something really interesting. I learned that the day that Vince decided to put the Nation of Domination together, that day you were ready to come back as Papa Shango. Am I right? And yeah. you found out last yeah. minute, like, whoa, switch your plans. They gave me about eight months notice and they were going to bring back a more menacing, not that Papa Shango was cartoonish, but it was going to be a little bit more real. You know, wow. maybe not so much voodooist and spell. <laughs> and so uh, I really got in good shape. Uh, we got a new outfit. Jerry Lawler had a design. I don't know if you know this, but Jerry Lawler is a hell of an artist. Oh, yeah. Jerry Lawler painted a face that's on the, the internet somewhere. Oh, he painted God. a face. Dude, I was looking good. I show up to TV going, Hell yeah. I'm, like, I'm not so wow. green now. I know what to do, you know. I'm going to make some money with this. I'm having some fun. I'm not so green. Yeah. And I get there, and uh, somebody comes up and says, hey, Vince wants to talk to you. And I'm like, cool. I haven't seen Vince in a while. So you know, I go up there, what's up, Vince? He goes, Charles, change the plans. Change <laughs> the uh, plans. He goes, he goes uh, we're going to put you in the nation of domination. Are you familiar with that group? <laughs> well, you're familiar with that group. You know, we're going to put you in the Nation of Domination, and you and Ron Simmons are going to have a, a handicap match against The Undertaker, and you're going over in the middle. And he goes, and we got a little outfit together for you that we pieced together for you. <laughs> and that's how it went. And let me tell you why they did that. Why? Because they, they had just came out with the Kane character. Mm. And, then, and believe it or not, back in the day, they like nowadays, they always turn the lights off and the whole building lights go off and shit. Well, back in the day, they didn't do that. I was the first person that ever they turned all the arena lights off because they were afraid what was going to happen. It was a big deal. But for Papa Shango, they would turn the lights off and somebody would be lit on fire or something, right? Yeah. And so they were doing that with Kane. They didn't want, Vince decided, he didn't want two characters like that. Oh, wow. wow. And that, you know what? But dude, some people that might've made them, I always use the, the, the term butt hurt. That might've made <laughs> a lot of people butt hurt. But uh, dude, that's business to me. Yeah. I got to be Ron Simmons for the first time. I knew who he was. I followed his career in football. Yeah. But I got to meet him. I got to be good friends. I got to be part of that group. I got to be part of the building of the rock. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to be, you know, and then I became the godfather out of that group. So 
you know, it, it just goes to show you, man, you make the best out of whatever situation. For me, yeah. everybody like me. Yeah. For me, you make the best situation. The thing about me is wrestling was never my first job. It was my mm. second. I own strip clubs. And, you know, in, over the years, you make pretty good money at the strip clubs. Like I said in my Hall of Fame, like, <laughs> I ain't a pimp, but I'm at strip clubs. I got girls, you know, let's leave that alone. <laughs> but I always had that. And so wrestling for me, I was, dude, I used to be the meanest motherfucker you ever seen in your life. When you see all these tattoos and all this stuff, I've had this since the 80s. There was no black people in the 80s that was sleeved up with skulls and looked like me and rode Harleys. So I was just, uh, I was just so fucking different, dude. You know, I, I started going off and shit all the time. You gotta stop me. No, I love it. No, no, no. we're here. Perfect. I think with you being the nation, you know, getting along with Ron and Mark Henry, I, to me as a fan, I felt the transition from you as being, you know, the godfather from the nation to being the godfather, the pimp. It was so, it was so smooth. Like, I felt like it was such a smooth transition, but that character, man, I felt like it was one of the most over characters during yeah. the Attitude Era. Every, as a kid, every time I hear the theme song, I was like, I, I, I pop, I pop. It, it was such a great character. I still pop this narrative because people, to get a pop like that in your career every now and then is cool, but, but to get it every night is something else. And although I wasn't on top like The Rock or Stone Cold, I'm in the middle, but I'm getting that top pop. And in most of the basketball arenas, I don't know about today, but back in the day, they had uh, meters, a pause meter, where they could tell you how loud somebody's applauding, right? Yeah. And Rock, and were, oh, we used to all look and see who gets the loud. I came up with a way to beat them every night. And I don't care wow. if it was glass breaking or if you smell, it didn't matter. Because this is what I would do. If you think back, I would, they, they would hit the music and I would get the pop. But I would come out without the girls. That's right. So I get right. the pop, and uh. then the people would kind of turn on me a little bit. I'd be like, "All right, all right." <laughs> and then I'd hit the girls, and that girl pop was even louder. And I would win just about every night on that second girl pop. I just learned this recently. I I had no idea that this whole character was your wife's idea. Is that true? Every part of it. Only. Every part of it, every part wow. of it. I was uh, at this time now. I'm in the nation of domination. Mark Henry's in there now. Him and Dilo are kind of tagging up. The Rock's yeah. kind of doing his own thing, so I'm kind of left out. And my contract was coming up, and I was having fun. So I'm like, hmm, I got to come up with something. And so my wife, basically, make a long story short, she came up with the Godfather. I started growing my hair. My hair to this day grows really fast. I start growing my hair, and then Ron's like, man, you need to braid that, man. What's braiding in your hair? And so I braided <laughs> it up, start growing even faster. Now, I used to just dress more bikerish, but I had a leather vest, black pants, and a lot of silver. And so you kind of looked a little pimpish, but people used to start saying, God, bro, you look like a pimp, man. They call me Rick James, and you look like a pimp. And then my, we just, my wife started talking. She's like, baby why don't you do this pimp thing and believe me i hated pimps 
in the 80s, I can't tell you how many pimps I beat up in strip clubs back in the 80s. <laughs> hated the motherfuckers. And so I'm like, I don't want to be a pimp. And then I'm like, I want to be a mean pimp. She's like, no, you can't be no mean pimp. You got to be a nice pimp. And she goes, you got to wear these loud clothes. And you got to, and she goes, more importantly, she goes, you got to talk about smoking. And she goes, you got to let your personality out and how you feel about smoking. And, and that was all her idea. All her idea. Vince had nothing to do with any of it until one day Vince told me, Charles, you think you can get some girls and uh, put some girls on TV with you? And I'm like, Vince, are you fucking joking me, bro? And so <laughs> the Undertaker and the Harris uh, TV is uh, me, Undertaker, and the Harris boys went to the, the, the <laughs> club and got some girls. But all me and my wife said, <clears throat> Be sitting at home. What was good about that gimmick is whoever I wrestled, we knew what the start and the finish was. Yeah. But you had no idea I would offer you the hose at first. And That's you right. had no idea what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. I didn't go over it with you. And I kept it all. If you go back and listen to them, I kept them all a little bit personal where they'd be like, <laughs> well, I said that. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at one time on Vader, God rest his soul. One time on Vader, if you've ever worked with Vader, he stunk. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that, that mask and all that leather, man, if you wrestled, it would almost make you throw up. Yeah. So at one point, I'm, I was wrestling him. I'm like, Vader, these girls will even wash your gear, man. I'm telling you. I'm like, that'll make you more happy. You know, it's just, I, just, I would do things. To, it was just, it was so fun. And it just, the very first time that I tried it, I got Jack Lanza to let me and Bradshaw, me and Bradshaw were in the popcorn match. You're right, we're in popcorn match, we're going 10 minutes, we're beating the hell out of each other, and people are sitting on their hands. And we're, me and Bradshaw are best buddies, but we're beating the hell out of each other, having fun doing it. And so I'm like, Johnny, let's try something different, man. And now this time now I got braids, and I always wore the, the, these hats. They're called Godfather hats. And they all say, they're, this is the Godfather style. And that's how I got that name. And I told Rocky one day, hey, uh, Rock, call me the Godfather. He goes, what? Well, just call me the Godfather. So he called me the Godfather that day. From that day on, everybody started calling me the Godfather. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, uh, so me and Johnny, I think it was in St. Louis. And I'm like, Johnny, let's try something. So I go over with him. I'm like, okay. So I go out there and I swear it goes just like this. I go out there and people don't react. They don't give a shit about me. I go out there, I'm like, I get on the mic. I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I'm a pimp. <laughs> just like you laughed. Just like you did right there. Wow. Everybody did. And I say, but what you don't know is right here in Louisville, man, you got some of the best toes ever born. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say, how do I know? Let me see. I mean, there's one of my old hoes. And they'd be like, no, no, no. The people would buy. And, I'd point, and then I'd find somebody really old, really heavy. I'd be like, well, there's one of my old hoes, too. And people would kind of like, I'd be like, hey, pimping ain't easy, you know? Shit. <laughs> and so then I would, I would offer John the girls. I didn't even have any girls. Now, mind you, me and John are going 10 minutes without getting no type of reaction from the people. Nothing. Nothing. And so now we're starting to get a reaction. So I get to the point where I offer John the girls. Now the uh, the crowd's going, take the hose, take the hose. <laughs> so he's looking like, oh, shit, I'll take the hose. So he takes the hose. 
I'm telling them in a limo in the back, there's no girls, but it's getting over. And so, of course, now he's going down the aisle, and then I turn on the people, you stupid rednecks, you're just another stupid, da, 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 da. So they start booing me. Johnny turns around. The referee buzzes me. I turn around. Lariat, one, two, three, fucking Johnny takes off. I pop up because I ain't dead. I pop up, put my hat on and say, man, Pippin ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it got such a reaction that Jack Lanza called Vince that when we had his, his agent talk to Vince. And he came back the next day. He goes, Vince seems to think there might be legs to this. Uh, After that first night. And by the time we got to TV, Vince was like, could you put some girls to this? Because <laughs> now we refined it. After three or four nights, it got refined. Yeah. And the people were just buying it, man. They were just, they were just buying it big time to where the first time it was on TV, it was over. It was like crazy, something you would work to get to after years to get to that point. It got there overnight after one TV show. Is that wild? That is wild, man. That, and that, that's when you know it works, you know, when it works overnight like that. And again, I think it's so genuine because I feel like it's you just turned all the way up. It be me turned down, bro. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh People tell you, Rod, I mean, if you ever talk to Rod Simmons, Mark Carey, I think, is the Godfather, just ask them, is the Godfather really the Godfather? And, and, and see what they say. And I'll okay. let it go okay. with that. All right. And I'll <laughs> let it go with that. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold, this this whole episode so far, I've been having moments. I've been having goosebumps moments because, you know, Godfather, it's storytelling 101 at its best, you know, about how you would ultimately bring out the hose and stuff like that to get that pop. And there are guys like myself where you'll have moments where you'll get a pop here and there, here and there, but to get it every night, you know what I mean? That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast to explain your success you know what i mean because that is just amazing to every night get such a reaction like that bro I, this is i'm not, no bullshit i'll watch oh I, I watched an episode with me against kurt angle where he talks about a prophylactic and the pop <laughs> was so loud that and i'm not i'm not bullshit you man i still get chills it's so loud and you can because i can remember it like it was yesterday it's just a I mean, I, it's 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 just crazy, man, to get a pop like that. And to this day, I'll watch some episodes or some old matches of mine. I'll be like, God damn, I don't even remember being over like that, you know? Well, I feel like you had so many weapons, like, in your arsenal. Because, you know, if you think back of the Attitude Era, and you think back of certain moves that you remember, people remember the people's elbow. People remember Scotty Too Hotty's worm. But one of the things that I also remember is the whole train when you start like revving it up like that was iconic guess who came up with that you your wife no way we were in the ring and shane's like you gotta do something where you shoot him in and you and he goes you remember the soul train soul train that was all shane and shane's like then he goes he goes, don't take too long, though. Don't leave him there hanging too long. <laughs> he goes, and then boom, and then when you finish, he goes, and you call it the hoe train. And he goes, and you go, hoe train. <laughs> 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 that 
Ray, just like wow. So and it's all Shane McMahon. Is yeah. that crazy? That's awesome. Wow. Shane's so smart. <laughs> you know, with that character too, you, you got to accomplish big things. You held one of the prestigious championships there is, the Intercontinental Championship. So how did you feel when you won that? Um, I, I felt great. It was an honor to get it. Um, but the belt didn't mean anything on the Godfather. Mm, yeah. And that was, that's why they didn't have it long because it didn't mean, it was just something, I had the girls. Right. And the girls way overshadowed that belt. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the belt was just something that the girls carried. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, but I had people give a shit. I would have a 10 minute match and the match itself would be two minutes mm. because people wanted the show. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and so it, it didn't really go with the belt because Godfather was more of a show. Yeah. It was yeah. more of an entertaining. And I used to tell people, instead of they got enough wrestlers, they got enough people getting this, doing that, and all these moves, I'm just going to go out there and entertain the people. And I'm going to go out there and just let my high-ass attitude, my high-ass <laughs> have fun. And I'm going to tell people to roll patties and light them up and do all that yeah. stuff. If you really go back and look at some of the sayings of my best, they were all marijuana sayings. Yeah, all of them. I remember. And what I love about your run as the Godfather is when you teamed up with D'Lo. And I thought it was really cool that D'Lo kind of changed his look to accommodate your look, you know? And he, he was also dressed like a pimp. How much fun did you have with that? They did that to Val, too. They did that to a few people because you could only, the Godfather could only go so far. Mm -hmm. And so they had to keep it entertaining. And so they put it. But that was fun. I think me and D-Lo wrestled somebody at uh, one of the WrestleManias, in fact, with Ice-E. Mm. Came out with this in LA. I don't know which WrestleMania that was. Gotcha. But now, to this day, D-Lo lives in Vegas. I don't see him too often. But uh, he's, he, I see him on the road every now and then. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Godfather, just your social media alone, what attracted me to you even more is that, you know, you're still working out. And a lot of times, you know, once you're done wrestling, that whole saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, health is wealth. And I see you doing your medicated AM cardio, getting it out of the way <laughs> in the morning. And like, when you do your IG lives, I'm like always rooting for you. Like, man, I love seeing this. I love uh, seeing how you're a big advocate for cannabis and how you're still working out, staying in shape. How does your body feel? Any injuries? Any nagging? Uh, I have I have arthritis in my knees, but that's not from wrestling. People don't know. I used to race dirt bikes, like desert race, go through the desert, 80, 90 miles an hour type of stuff. <laughs> and I did that for so long after wrestling, it just really tore up my knees. What helped me was... At 27 years old, I was Papa Shango. Mm -hmm. I'm doing somas, Vicodins, Percocets, Percodans, Halcyons. I'm just doing every day plus drinking a bottle of Jack a day, okay? I tried marijuana for the first time in my life at 27 years old. Wow. And it completely changed my life. And I don't know how long after that, but after that, I wasn't drinking as much. Now I take no pills. I take it a leave every now and then. I take no pills whatsoever. I'll have a beer. I'll have a shot every now and then, but I'm not a drinker. Um, the THC, the CBD, everything in cannabis is so much more to it than just getting high. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's yes. such a help benefit to it that when I, you know, um, I don't know what I look like on here, but I'm 59 years old. And if you look at a lot of the wrestlers that are 59, 60 years old, dude, you know, gout, diabetes, overweight, back, knees, shoulders, da 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 da, but they're still taking pills. Yeah. And they're still drinking and they're still eating like shit. I'm not a fitness person, but, uh, you know, I try and I yeah. try to do the cardio and I try to stretch and I try to eat right and I try to smoke a lot of cannabis. Are you working with any uh, CBD companies right now? Not yet. Okay. I just got my brand. My brand's the Smoke Train. I, like I said, I've really, I basically sold the club and but I got my money about four, five, six, seven months ago. I retired. Okay. And at that point, I'm like, what am I going to do now? And then my wife's like, why don't you get involved with the cannabis industry? I tried it at one point, but it got so costly that I invested so much, lost so much money in it, and it was going nowhere that I'm like, I'm out of this. I just, I didn't have the name or the money to compete with the people that were on top. Mm. And so now I'm kind of just becoming an influencer. And, yeah, you uh, are. You know, and, and, you know, yeah, doing my thing and having fun. Um, I just got my smoke train brand. I just got medicated car. I got I got a lot of things happening. I'm gonna start going live on Zoom pretty soon. I don't think I'm gonna do a podcast. It's gonna be just more of a smoking thing. We can oh, talk wrestling, good. but most of the people on there are gonna be smoking with me. We're gonna be talking about what's going on in the cannabis world, in the wrestling world, whatever you know. I think it's going to be different this time around when you go for it because, again, now you have, um, well, you always have the star presence, but now you actually have an Instagram account. So you have that social media presence to promote your I product. Was years ago, not four months ago. But your numbers are catching up. So you're doing okay, man. Oh, hey, I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm having fun. I'm do, I'm, tonight, there's a, a big pre roll party in Vegas. Mm. And I know you guys don't know what that is, but it's a, it's a pretty big gathering. Hopefully everybody will be wearing masks and you, I'll be wearing my mask. And you, how, what do you think of this mask? I saw that on your Instagram account. That's yeah. so smart. <clears throat> I love it. <laughs> Pro yeah. wrestling tees came up with that. That's awesome. But, um, yeah, you'll see some videos tonight because there'll be a I'll lot see. of people there. There's one tomorrow night. I don't know if I want to make that one, but <laughs> everybody wants to smoke you out. Everybody wants you to try their products. And then I have this little mouthpiece thing because I, I walk around with, because I don't, because of the COVID, yeah. I don't want to smoke behind anybody or everybody coughing or that stuff. So yeah. I have what's called a mouthpiece. It's a rubber mouthpiece that fits into any bong. Mm-hmm. So I could go to any bong and without cleaning it off with alcohol, I put my mouthpiece in there and then you hit it through your mouthpiece. Mm. And so that's how I do it. Yeah. But there's awesome. just so many people, man, that want to smoke you out that I'm a big smoker, but by the end of the night tonight, I'll take 20 dab hits. I don't know if you know what a dab hit is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I definitely know. <laughs> I'll end up taking 20 of them and I probably had 10 of them already today. <laughs> well, you know, Godfather, you know, cannabis and wrestling and in sports in general is definitely changing as we speak, you know, just from, uh, being out of the WWE since 2017, you know, uh, I've heard recently that they still test for uh, cannabis and all that stuff, but uh, they've done away with the fine because I hate to say it like back in my day, but back in my day, 2017, 2018, the fines were 2,500 astronomical. And 
honestly, 80% of the locker room was doing it for relief, you know what I mean? So to see that the business is changing, that they're not finding people, they're being a little bit more accepting is a great thing. And also you being an influencer too, um, there's, there's definitely uh, ways of being compensated if a brand is legit and you know what you're consuming. There's definitely ways that I'm uh, being compensated to rep a brand. So definitely keep at yeah. it. And, and I'm not, and I'm not going to. There's a few I'm talking to, but I've turned down so many of because I didn't believe in their product. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, dude, um, I'm not going to lie to people. Yeah, you know, so yes. uh, it is what it is. But it's, there's just so much benefit to cannabis. There really is. And THC, and like you said, people are just now finding out. And what's happening is, as you know, taking it somebody that's 59 years old, you know, man, people are changing. The world's changing. Yeah. And that old way of thinking is dying off mm -hmm. those old people that think a certain way are dying off and now you're getting lawyers that are gay and lawyers that smoke marijuana and doctors that are gay and smoke marijuana yeah. and everybody and you're getting now now congressmen and uh you know governors are meant to smoke marijuana and people know that it's not that bad for you and right. as the younger people are voting it's changing the game Right, and they'll buy, and then now people are legalizing, and they're saying, hey, "I'm saying it's not so bad in the money they make." Nevada, it's it's recreational here, it's completely right. recreational, and there's well, no problem with it here. Um, you know, talking about the whole CBD CBD thing, I don't know if it, it was you that told me, Fred, but I remember hearing like uh, RVD one time talking about, you know, how he hears like his fellow wrestlers talking about, "Oh, I have like joint pains, I have this, I have that," and um, RVD saying like you know what, I'm, I'm pretty much feeling okay, not that bad for what I've been through. And honestly, I think it's because I've been smoking throughout like my whole career and like having marijuana and everything. So I think there's definite like truth and evidence to that. Testimony right here, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, that's funny and stuff. I mean, I, I really, that's why I call it medicated cardio is because it's, yes. it's really my medication. It's my cup of coffee. It's my it's my vitamin C. It's it's just it. I function well on it, and yeah. all my friends always say you're the most productive stoner I've ever met in my life. <laughs> exactly. It makes me think, makes me feel better. It makes me want to do stuff. It makes me more intense. For me, it works. Hey, I want to bring up something because I know we only have so long here. Yes, yes. I want to hear your opinion, Fred. Yes. And Arnold, I love that name, Arnold. Next, Arnold, that's just a cool name. But anyway, um, I want to hear your opinion on what do you think if they were to start a new nation of domination today, would they be babyface or heels? So Which way you, they would run with it. This is funny that you asked me that because I was going to ask you the exact same thing because I've been hearing rumors that they're a lot of them too. right like they're thinking um mvp bobby lashley shelton benjamin and apollo cruz possibly being the nation of domination the new nation of domination and i remember they even had a segment with ron simmons like um last week i think on raw um but they were pitching it to be a babyface faction you would have to yeah but but also what i heard was that wwe turned it down because of um you know with the black lives matter movement yeah i, I I'm surprised, well, the, the world's changing, man, but I'm surprised Vince didn't capitalize on that. Right, right. Some 
form because it would, I don't know if he wanted to make all those guys that over, but whoever would be in that group, if it was the four guys that you just mentioned, it would make them so over right now. Yes. I don't know if they want that. I think it's a great idea. And I think honestly, they should do it as a fan. I would thoroughly enjoy that. And there's that sense of nostalgia. Like I miss that, you know, I miss factions in wrestling, like DX, Heart Foundation, Nation of Domination. Um, so if they bring that back and even as a babyface faction, I'm all for it. I think that would be so entertaining and so fun and such a new twist in a new modern era. Any chance of him bringing them back his heels? <laughs> well, you know, for me, from firsthand experience, uh, working with Vincent Mann, when I was teaming with Titus, there would be times when we were baby faces, and I'd have on this, like, I guess, angry face, like, ah! I would always come to the back, and Vincent Mann would point the finger at me. I'd go over to him, and he was like, Darren, you got to smile more. You know, you got to let the people in, you know, you just got to win, you know, and you're like, argh, argh, argh. You gotta smile more. You're a handsome black man, you know? So uh, from then on, even when I'm in awkward situations on stage or if I'm speaking, I'm always smiling. I'm always right. showing my pearly whites, you know? Let the people in. So I don't think, um, you know, uh, Vince would probably at, the, at this time want something as aggressive. And there's a, a lot of people that work for him, like social media wise, that are in his ear saying, oh, you know, this probably won't work. Or, or uh, maybe maybe the four guys you mentioned might not want to go that route with it either. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Did you, you know. imagine how much heat they're going to take? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This with everybody from doing yeah. that. So yeah, that's probably why they dropped it. How how do you feel about it? Do you think they should do it? Uh, I don't, I don't have no. I think they should have did something with it. I would have made them baby faces, you know. I think because I think it would have been over. Yeah, it, it's what's happening, but I, I can see him not touching it too. Um, you know. Yeah, I'm glad to be part of the nation that I was part of. We were some pretty tough dudes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, we were talking about how much fun um, you had and we had watching the Godfather character. How much did it hurt you for that to be like taken away and joining the right to censor as the good father? Watch my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is a complete shoot. Okay. Complete shoot. I just lately start signing the God good father on stuff. Because I refuse the, dude, <laughs> going back to the pop and being the godfather, that was so over and so real. Talking about living the gimmick, bro, believe me, I was living at home, living a job, living, I was living the gimmick. To live the gimmick and to really be acting like that, and then one day Vince takes it away. And when he called me into his office and told me, I, I, I can remember to this day, all I kept saying is, so I'm not the godfather no more? I, I don't have the hose anymore? <laughs> like, so I'm not the godfather. I just remember I was like in shock. Yeah. And I almost, I almost, I went and talked to Ron and some people, and I almost said, hey, I'm out of here. I, 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 I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And for whatever reason, I stayed. And I did it, but I did not want to do that. It was just, I was, 
like I said, wrestling to me, when it wasn't fun, I would leave. Because mm-hmm. I had another ways of making an income. I had a good income from the bar, so I didn't really need wrestling. That's why I would come and go. I would come and go because I wasn't having fun. What happened to Papa Shango was nothing to do with Vince. I was going through a, I used to be more of a biker than what you see in front of you, much more of like a Hell's Angel type of biker. Yeah. And when I was Papa Shango, I was going through a really rough time with this. And this girl was messing with me and me and Undertaker going out and I'm getting into fights and a lot of fights and I'm putting my fist through windows and I'm being, there's another guy named Bear who's an alter ego of mine, not anymore, but a lot of people call me Bear. And that's this, this mean motherfucker dude. And I'm telling you, he's really mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Taker and Vince, they're like, dude, you know, it might be time for you to go home for a while, get your mind right. And so they kind of gracefully got me out of there. Mm-hmm. But it was me. And then I came back and they wanted me to come back. And I tell them, they're like, hey, we want to do this. I'm like, nah, I don't want to go back. And then they call me and say, hey, we want to do this ultimate fighting thing and do this and that. You yeah. can ride a Harley. And I'm like, oh, you can ride a Harley? I'll come back and ride a Harley. <laughs> and that's why I came back. Yeah. And it went like that. And it, it, it just because I had another means of income that was pretty good. So I didn't rely on wrestling as my main source of income. Right. Wrestling been very good to me. I made good money in wrestling. I still am. Right. But I'm blessed for that, and I'm grateful for that. But it was wrestling was always my. It was a way for me to act crazy and get paid for. It, yeah. To be honest. Yeah. And people used to. I didn't even watch wrestling as a kid. Mm. You know what I watched? Roller derby. Oh wow! <laughs> and in the Bay Area in the '70s, I like you guys. I got out of high school in '79. You guys are like, shit. I wasn't even born then. Okay, <laughs> so back in the '70s. You had Oakland Raiders. I'm from the Bay Area. You had the Oakland Raiders, the Hells Angels, the Black Panthers, and Roller Derby. And Roller Derby was much bigger than wrestling back then. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we watched was Roller Derby. Wow. And so I just, I just kind of fell into wrestling where somebody's like, hey, I think you can make a lot of money. You should basically just act your fucking self, dude. I, I should say, sorry. You should just be <laughs> yourself. And I have a feeling that just being yourself is enough for you to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah. That's I was in wrestling cool. school for maybe a month or two at the most. Wow. And the whole time I was there, I was at the Monster Factory. And Larry Sharp, I think he's deceased, right? I think so. God rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, all me and Larry Sharp did was go out drinking every day. We didn't really do nothing. And then Jerry Lawler seen me. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not in the business two months. I knew how to lock up, throw a punch, and a kick. That's all I could do. <laughs> Probably, it's still all I could do. <laughs> no, no, don't say that. Uh-uh. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But, uh, so my very, Jerry's, my very first match, Jerry hires me. He goes, I'm going to pay you this much a week. I'm going to run a program with you. My very first match ever. No rehearsal, no tryout, no nothing. No, I know how to lock up, throw a punch and kick. Okay. My very first match, I beat Jerry Lawler in the middle in Memphis, Tennessee on a Monday Whoa. night. And if you know anything about wrestling, that's a big deal. Oh my yeah, Memphis. That Jerry. was my first match. We ran our program and then uh when it was over, they're like, Okay, what are we gonna do with him now? So now Jerry's not leading, what are we gonna do with him? 
Mm -hmm. And so uh, they go, we're going to bring this tall redheaded kid in to work with you. Uh And so he came in and that's when they brought Taker in, Mark Calloway. Mm -hmm. His name was Master of Pain. Mm. And so me and, me and Mark had a batch, and the batch was so, Mark has probably been in the business a year or so, he's been in it, but he'd actually know how to work. And so the match was so bad that they put us together as a tag team. And that's when I met him to this day, you know, he's one of my best friends. Yeah. And uh, we became really good friends from that point. And we were a tag team called Death Express. We only did it for a short time because he went to WCW and then I went to uh, Germany, worked for Otto Bonds. And then when I got back from working with Otto Bonds in Germany, he had been in the WWF. You were over there for a year. Mm. And then I went to the WWF. Yeah, that's how it went. And, you know, in the Undertaker's Last Ride documentary, he reminisced a lot of the old, like, you know, BSK days. And um, what was your fondest memory during that time with him? My best memories of him are the Memphis days, us starving, us driving 200 miles and making $50 and three or four be him, dirty white boy, dirty white girl riding the forest, <laughs> stopping at a Wendy's and then one of us going in there and paying and then walking out and going to the bathroom and get the receipt and getting up early in the morning and driving 200 miles to work for free and then driving yeah. to and getting stuck on the road and getting stuck here and having a <laughs> here. Those are the stories that we talk about. Hell yeah. And it's usually me doing something stupid. <laughs> and I can't believe that uh, Taker isn't a smoker. You guys are so close. Nope. I gotta be, you know, I gotta have a smoking partner. <laughs> no, he, he, uh, no, he doesn't smoke. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think he ever remember him even trying it. He, he might have tried it back. You know, like I said, I didn't start till I was Papa Shango. And he's, he's never been a smoker. He used to keep some at his house for me just when I came when he lived in uh, St. Pete. Oh, what a he true friend. <laughs> wow. You know what? Um, one thing about cannabis, it makes me a lot nicer person. Yes, yes, so, yes. Uh, I mean, I needed it on, on the long car rides with Mark Henry. So I definitely, you know, know what it's I've like. I've never you seen know? Mark Henry smoke. No, no, no. But I, I'm the most peaceful, the, the best driver, too. You know, right down the road, no swerving, not one bit. I'm, I'm focused. I tell Mark, I was like, if you want me to drive 300 miles, you got to play some good R&B music because I'm an R&B head. He's a good dude. I like Mark a lot. He's a good hearted dude. But uh, Godfather, I gotta ask you. Like for me on tour, I like to, I like to sit in the middle of the bus. Uh, the people that sit in the front of the bus are the you know people that play the dominoes. The people that sit in the back of the bus are the wild ones. Where where would you sit at on tour? Back back in the day, the back of the bus it was it was called Yoko Lounge. Ooh. And that was our lounge in BSK. We go on these tours and stuff. It was called Yoko's Lounge, and only BSK would be allowed back there. We'd let like uh, X Pac would come back there sometimes, a few people, but you had to be BSK to be back there. And we played dominoes back there and have our own stuff. But that's where we hung out. Now after that, I would out of just just because B B and B. Like, if I go to WrestleMania or anything, and I got to get on any of the buses, I sit in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> I, sit, on the bus. I sit in the front seat right there. 
Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I do it, but I do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me, like on tour, like I don't want to be amongst the craziness. Like I'll go in the back of the bus to, you know, you know, be be the medicine man and get some edibles or like, you know, chop it up with the guys. But I like I like my own space. I'm quiet guy backstage. I'm quiet guy in the locker room. Uh, you know, just having a good time, just laughing at everything, just non-confrontational. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd always be in the middle of the bus. Yeah, we were playing loud rap music, playing dominoes, probably drinking. <laughs> Country probably music smoking. too? Huh? Country music too, I know. They didn't, only person like country was, of course, the Godwins like country and me. And to this day, <coughs> to this day, like if you go outside in my truck, I guarantee you country music's on, but the <laughs> older country. No. But like I always gotta tell people, you can't forget I'm older, man. But I had it when I was in high school. They they had an AM radio in the got the car. You had an AM radio. <laughs> you had country music. You might have a soul station. You had maybe a, you maybe had that. You had a country station, a rock station. You didn't have a lot of stations. So I grew up in literally. I, well, plus I grew up in the middle class, mostly predominantly white neighborhoods. So mm. most of my friends were listening to Leonard Skinner and Led Zeppelin and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> but I listened to everything, man. Uh, <laughs> just a quick story. This might make me look stupid, but I'm in the car with Yoko. I'm driving. Yoko's to my right. Taker's behind me. And I'm not sure Paul Bear, Macho Man, Mr. Perfect. Somebody else is in the car. I don't know who. All right. So I'm just driving, right? And back then they had cassettes. We're in a Lincoln or a Cadillac one or two. And we're just driving. I'm just driving. And I got my Hank Williams Jr. in there. And I'm just got it. I, I don't anymore, but I used to chew tobacco. Mm, I'm just going back one and driving and singing my country music. <laughs> I got a big old country cowboy belt on. And so Yoko, this is a cassette, right? So Yoko looks at me. Looks at the cassette, looks at me, lets down his window, pops the tape out, takes the tape, throws it out the window. Oh, I'm like, dude, what the hell you do that for? He goes, hey, motherfucker, anybody ever tell you you black? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And so then from that point, we start listening to DJ Quick and West Side Connection. That's a true story. Yoko threw my Hank Williams tape out, out the window and said, hey, motherfucker, anybody ever tell you? <laughs> oh, man. But you know, man, I, I've been around so many different people, and, you know. Ah, dude, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm open to everything. <laughs> and I've been around everything. I yeah, you know, yes. Yoko... But the only thing I reason I can't write a book is I'd have to mention names, man, and I can't do that. <laughs> but I, man, I got some cool stories, you know. <laughs> Next time you're with Mark, say, tell me a Godfather story. He'll be like, oh, shit. Let me take this. Yes. I'm yes. with you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now, uh, you know, uh, Godfather, before we take it home, uh, I wanted to ask you just 21 random questions, just, you know, whatever comes to your mind. And then, you know, you can, like you they say wrestling. No, no, You know I'm a stoner. You know I've been smoking all day. I've had no. two, a beer and a half. I no. haven't eaten. I've trained. 
Okay, let me take, let me, let me take a rip first. It's a warm up. No, it's just, it's just, we're just having fun. You know, I know time is money. I don't want to take up too much of your time. <coughs> Let's do it. Okay. What's your favorite thing in your closet right now? My guns. Mm. When things break, do you prefer to fix them or replace them? Fix them. <laughs> what job would you be no, because like you're just like you're doing it perfectly. Every time I do this with guests, they want to think about it. You're just like boom, boom, boom. First thing comes to mind. Yeah. What job would you be absolutely horrible at? Bartender. What's your favorite movie ever? Any old Clint Eastwood movie. What's the most disturbing thing you've ever witnessed? I seen somebody shot. And I've seen people shot, and I've seen people stabbed. Ooh. I told uh, you, I used to be like a real heavy duty dude, like not the guy you see in front of you. But yeah, we'll let no, that I go. I'm a much <laughs> better person now. I didn't say I did it. <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't say I, I, I you're like, damn, I don't know if I want to ask you any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Smoke weed every day. Yes, yes. What's your biggest pet peeve? I wasn't done yet. And okay. it make the world a better place, and everybody would get along better, and the world would be a better damn place if they did. Yes, yes, sir. Ray. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I don't really have any. That one got me. My son, my oh, my youngest son, not putting my shit back. Everything they touch, <laughs> put it back. And then when I go to use it, ugh, that's a that's a big pet peeve of mine. Oh. It's not there when I go to use it. I think he does it on purpose. <laughs> what makes you anxious? <sighs> Getting paid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How deep that's is right. that? <laughs> that's right, I agree. Uh, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done because someone dared you to? The stupid, Bill, I've done a lot of stupid shit. Yeah, man, that's, that's going, that's um, the stupidest thing I ever done. Dude, I've done so many stupid things. Like, well, in the back, like last week, today, the stupidest uh, thing I ever yeah. did in wrestling is one time <laughs> I put a car in a ditch riding with The Undertaker when he had drove 50 miles in the sleet and snow of Tennessee Hills, and I was being sick and I wanted to drive. And after I took over, I maybe went five feet, spun the car out, put it in a ditch, and we, yeah, that's one of the dumbest things. And he tells that story too, but that's one of the dumbest things I ever did. Never drove in the snow before, my ass is, well, that's how me and Mark Henry got close because we were at a show at MSG and he didn't have no ride to the next city. And like, I'm from the Northeast, so I know how to drive in the snow. So uh, like Mark- well, You Mark, understand. Yeah, I understand. Mark never said two words to me until that night we drove to the next city. Him and I were best friends after that. <laughs> uh, 
Number 10, what's your favorite swear word? Motherfucker. <laughs> I say what that a lot, one, motherfucker. What uh, is one food what what is one food that you would never give up? I will never give up chicken. Mm. I eat too much chicken. I'm not talking about fried chicken, but chicken. I was gonna say fish, but I gotta have chicken in my diet. I don't eat much red meat. Chicken. Yes. Uh, if you could have three people over, dead or alive, for dinner, who who would they be? Alive? Dead or alive? Three people. I'd want Ron Simmons, Undertaker, yeah. and Bradshaw. Because <laughs> wow. we, we we got some. We'd be laughing all night. And we'd say, "Remember that time? Remember that time?" And we'd probably all give in and drink that night. It'd be a hell of a night just to tell the stories that we have. Look how I'm smiling. That's like I'm like, dude. I wish I could do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what's the worst backhanded compliment you've ever been given? The worst backhanded compliment that I've ever been given. Oh, bro, I don't know that. Uh, see, I haven't had a lot of, for whatever reason, man, people really never, not that I'm a tough guy, not that I'm a bad guy, <laughs> but people never really fuck with me, bro. Uh, you know? Ric yeah. Flair said something stupid to me one time that I don't want to repeat, and it ain't nothing oh, okay. about black or white, but, you know, I didn't I didn't get a lot of that, bro. I, most people mm. were really cool with me. Mm. So I don't, I get if it was, I didn't know it was. How about that? That's why I tell people about <laughs> Owen. I'm like, did Owen ever prank you? And I'm like, Owen was so good. If he pranked you, you wouldn't know it. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, is your belly button inner or outer? Inner. Inner. <laughs> that sounds Who good. Your... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who was your first celebrity crush? Bootsy Collins. You ain't know who that is, dude. No. He was in a group called Funkadelic, Parliament Funkadelic. Boosie Baby Bobby, he died just too long ago. And he was the bass player. And he was the Hulk Hogan of Parliament in Funkadelic. Wow. His name was Bootsy Collins. Look it up. Mm. Bootsy Collins. Wow. Okay. Uh, what's something you tried that you say, I used to tell people, call me Bootsy Baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what's something that you've tried that you'll never try again? Tofu. <laughs> Tofu, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your first job ever? I worked, well, ever if you can, was a paper boy. But my, the first job that I remember, I was a bus boy at Sizzler. Mm, and I got, oh. I got fired for uh, stealing beer. <laughs> uh, yeah. what's your what, what's your favorite TV show right now I don't watch much TV so the only thing that I tape and I'm not taping it much anymore because it's changing, changing is a show called Street Outlaws it's about car racing mm -hmm. and it's called Street Outlaws uh, but I don't really watch hardly any TV I don't watch any wrestling nothing against it I just I don't watch TV if I'm doing something, um, music's probably on. Mm -hmm. um, I'm never just really just sitting doing nothing. I'm always doing something. Mm -hmm. uh, like when I did that here, my wife just bought an infrared sauna for the house, which is yes. gorgeous. 
I, I mean, saw just, it. It, it. Like, oh, you see a picture of it? Yes. Oh, just gorgeous. And I am in, I'm probably going to head it there for an hour after this. <laughs> uh, uh, number 19, is there a personality trait you can't stand? I don't like, you said personality, right? Yes. Um, I don't like real cocky, over cocky fucking people. Mm. Yeah. I don't dig yeah. people like that. Are people that, that I can't stand bullies. Mm -hmm. Yes. If that's yeah. a personality. But I hate people like that. Mean people, mm -hmm. bullies, yeah. people like that. I've always, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of fought for the underdog. Let's just say that. Wow. Uh, best gift you've ever received? The best gift that, oh man, wife bought me a Harley one time. Ooh, oh wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I one time another wife bought me a '69 Camaro. Mm. Yeah, I wish wow. I had those. That was a long time ago. Those are cool gifts, right? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and and last but not least, is your toilet paper over or under? Over. Over. <laughs> uh, you know, over. Uh, God exactly, Godfather. I always say time is money. You know, as uh, as a wrestler that's been in WWE and out of WWE, Yokozuna, Owen Hart are guys that I wish that I could have met or been able to share a locker room with you. But to be able to have you on uh, my podcast, uh, just just shooting the shit with you means a lot to me. You know, and uh, I always say don't die with the story and you tell it. So thanks for being on our podcast, Pro uh -huh. Wrestling. My pleasure, man. I hope I didn't run my mouth too much. No, we love it, man. That's that's what we're here for. And especially for me, too, as, as a fan growing up as a kid um, watching you. Such an honor to talk to you right now because um, I'm a big fan. You know, with the, obviously, I started watching wrestling when, I'm, when I was like five and I'm 33 now. Never grew out of it. And I, I used to collect all your action figures and everything. So to have you in front of me right now, having a legit conversation with you, it's, it's definitely an honor. So thank you for that, man. Oh, I appreciate I it. I appreciate it, man. I really do. It means a lot. Yeah, and anyone that's watching this, and I mean, anyone watching this episode can learn from you. Sit under the learning tree, literally, and just learn about performing because you are, you are one of the best. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, man. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, well, enjoy your time with your wife, man. We don't want to keep you here for too long. <laughs> She's not even here. She's not spending money somewhere. I don't know where she is. But I'm telling you, that bro, my, my life is so chill right now, man. It's just, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm blessed. How about that? Yeah, and that. I'm blessed to be able to be at home out of all the craziness out there, out of the COVID. I can work out here. I can do everything I want here. I have saunas and jacuzzis and i'm just blessed and happy man and just enjoying life how about that goals yeah I love that, and also and also last but not least thank you for your support for the lgbtq community <clears throat> we didn't really get into it but i'm sure in the future we'd love to have you back on or if you're doing something and you want to talk about lgbtq issues about how it's uh important to be an ally and stick up for one another we can definitely Touch upon it. Uh, I mean, in the I, future, I, but. I told you earlier that uh, one of my sons came out uh, about five years ago and is actually getting married in Hawaii coming up real soon. His name's Corey. He's getting married really soon in Hawaii. 
This guy is wow. whispering cool, man. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. We need yeah. more allies like you supporting yeah, one yeah, another. So. Just like my wife said, she's she's just happy that he's happy. That's, That's awesome. the right sensor. Awesome. That says Thanks. it all, right? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, thank you, Godfather, for being on. Time is money. Have a great night. Appreciate thank you, guys. Man. Thank you. Godfather, a true OG on Pro and Bro Wrestling, man. It don't get no... Uh, when it comes to the attitude error, it don't get no better than that. that you know what I mean? A yeah. Godfather, geez, man, you know, so much history. We could have kept going, you know, we could have kept yeah. going. Literally, we could have kept going on. Uh, we, we we slightly hit on, hit on the LGBTQ and him being an ally and him having a son who was gay, uh, who, who he said earlier even off air that uh i guess at a wrestlemania after party that uh his wife had told me about um her son uh godfather's son being gay and again uh, a lot of a lot of memory a lot of foggy memories back in the day so um he he had brought it up to me before we had went on air so that meant a lot to me that he's an ally and that he supports his son um yeah but yeah, uh, true OJ on Pro and Bro Wrestling. Absolutely. And it was so fun just talking to him about old times, you know, because like you said earlier, he's such a staple in the Attitude Era. Like if you're going to have like a, a, a poster of the Attitude Era, you'll see Goldust, you'll see Too Cool, you'll see Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, the Brood, obviously Rock and Austin, Mankind, Jericho, and the Godfather will definitely, definitely be there because again... Like he said it before, like he would get sometimes bigger pops than like, you know, The Rock because it's just, it's just great. Like I, I, I just love his entrance. I love everything. And it's funny because it's been a while since I watched, um, you know, his work because obviously I watched it every week as a kid, but yeah. I didn't go back to watch his old stuff. And some of the things that he said just brought back so many memories because I totally forgot that he would come out without the hose and then like, he'd be like, what, what? Oh, oh Okay. Come on now. Like, I, I forgot stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, that right there, that's literally wrestling one-on-one, sitting under the learning tree, and it's all about performing, you know? Because you, you don't want to shoot your load, you know? I always use the analogy of sex. You don't want to shoot your load in the first five minutes. You want to mm -hmm. have a lot of foreplay, you know, before you climax. Same thing with the entrance, you know? You come out, you know? The people want to see it, but don't give it to them, you know? Don't give yeah. it to them. Play around with them play around with them until you get that climax pop on the entrance because that's what it's all about yeah uh, and he explained it perfectly man it, it was great to have him on and he just seems like such a happy dude right such a happy dude like the last time I actually seen him was right before the pandemic I didn't even get into that uh, he was over at the LAX Convention Center. They were doing a uh, autograph sign. Undertaker was the headliner. And I seen Godfather from a distance, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him because we were just so busy. But uh, he was getting the crowd at the Convention Center all riled up, doing his thing. Um, and that longevity I talked about on the podcast, you know, you don't see people his age that look as good as he does, you yeah. know? He still takes care of his body and that whole saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you've, gotta, you've gotta stay working out. You gotta stay active the older you get. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the older you get, man. Yes, yes. But yeah, great to have him on. I had a lot of goose, goosebump moments because a lot of what he would say is stuff that I lived, you know? Uh, for yeah. example, um, uh, 
you know, him, you know, him, him, him being a quiet guy, you know, you know, to himself, I'm the same way, you know, doing the driving, I was the same way. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of similarities. Yeah. And this one is also a big one for me too, because, uh, you know, again, I would, I would watch wrestling with some of my friends and some of my friends that watch it with me, they don't watch it anymore. So I got to text the people that, you know, that I haven't talked to in a while saying, Hey, guess who I'm interviewing today? And I would yeah. be like attitude era, you know, like things like that. And like, they obviously still remember and like, Oh my God, like really the Godfather. Cause we watched them together growing up. So it's, it's really cool, man. Yeah. That means a lot to me because I like to like anyone we have on the podcast has got to have some kind of connection to me somehow, some way. Uh, uh, and that connection was his son being LGBTQ, you know, and I didn't even realize that until he had mentioned it, you know, so there's got to be some kind of connection. So I always get giddy on the inside when I'm uh, locked in, locking a guest, and then I let you know, you know, to see your <laughs> response. Like episode 52, a year of episodes, uh, we had Zach Ryder, you know, yeah. so that was special for me. For you to be excited over yeah. so who's, who, who's going to be next on pro and wrestling we'll just have to see and thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode if you guys are watching us on youtube make sure you guys subscribe and give us a big thumbs up and if you're listening to itunes make sure you guys give us a five-star review if you like what you hear and man again another great episode i can't wait for the next one this is always always fun for me and Arnold, you know, uh, if we miss a week or two, we got 55 episodes in the can, man. That's we can, true, man. You know, hey, you know, we're established. You know, we're <laughs> veterans. Uh, 52 episodes, you're, we're a veteran. Yeah. We're a veteran in uh, the world of entertainment, live streaming network, you know, in our lives, in our minds. One-year vets. One-year vets. Block <laughs> the hate. Salute, Salute the great. great.